0: Bismillah walhamdulillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhum Al-Taifatul Mansura Al-Firqatul Najiyah Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah Ahlul Qibla Ahlul Bid'ah These are all very loaded and sometimes highly politicized statements that Muslims have used throughout the ages but have we misunderstood them? I spoke today with Sheikh Faraz Farhat to discuss some of the understandings and misunderstandings of the famous uh, hadith of the Prophet where he said, My Ummah will split up into 73 sects. Have we understood this hadith correctly? Who are these sects? Are they even sects as we understand them today? Let's have a look. (laughs)
1: Wa alaykum <laughs> salam wa rahmahullah Dr. Uh, Salman
0: Have we misunderstood the safe sect?
1: Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam So the safe sect uh, is based on the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu uh, alaihi wa sallam which he is reported to have said that um, that my ummah Will divide into 73 sects.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All of them in the fire except for one. And when he was asked uh, what was that one sect, he responded by saying, uh, that to which I and my companions belong to. Mm-hmm. This hadith uh, has various different uh, versions to it and there's a lot of discussion uh, about the, um, the authenticity and also the various uh, wordings of this hadith. But in a nutshell, this is a hadith uh, upon which the basis of this idea of there being a a saved uh, sect, a group of Muslims that will be, um, uh, if you like, uh, saved from deviation and misguidance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that they will be in Jannah and the other groups, or the other sects, uh, have have been declared according to this hadith as being in the fire.
0: Yeah, I mean this is the the kind of something we, we always hear. I uh, hear about, and it's intimately connected with this notion of, you know, ahlus sunnah wal Jamaah. Yes. Right. That these are the people who are the the, the good Muslims, so yes. quote unquote, in terms of they have the right beliefs and practices and so on, and so forth. But it has this notion, perhaps done more damage than it was intended to do when it was initially used. This this phrase of saved sect or the you know um, correct. Islam. Yes.
1: Um, in many ways, that the uh, the hadith uh, maybe is a statement of fact mm. that uh, there will be, uh, as we witness, and we have witnessed uh, almost, um, you know, for the best part of a thousand years, that the ummah uh, has divided into different groups and sects, and some of them being more major, and some being more minor. Um, so first of all, that's it, this is it's a fact, and uh, many of the scholars of the past would try to list and document what these different groups are. Mm. Um, however, I think uh, in our maybe in our current post-colonial um, uh, era, uh, that's led to the fragmentation of Muslim societies, countries. <clears throat> One of the knock-on effects of that is that uh, Muslims have started to. Uh, almost view themselves in a a more sectarian way and hence this hadith has been used often to perhaps promote incorrectly uh, a kind of a sectarian view of how uh, Muslims are to be. In other words, I am, you know, part of this saved sect and uh, I'm one of the people that are going to be saved from the hellfire and everyone else by default uh, is in the hellfire and they're astray um, and so uh, the uh, knock-on kind of effects of, of uh, interpreting this hadith in this way is that you um, you look down on, on people that might you might deem as being in a different group or sect um, even though they may not necessarily according to the hadith qualify as being part of that sect so one is understanding the sect and what, do this, what does this mean in terms of different sects um, you know, does it mean groups and you know parties and ahzab that that uh, you know might you know, might exist for particular reasons in particular societies? But also very importantly, uh, the idea of um, well, what does it mean that these different groups are in the hellfire? Yeah, and so it also has um, not, not only not only does it have a, a almost, almost kind of uh, over self righteous idea about the, the individuals who claim or People who claim to be part of this group almost we're untouchable because just by virtue of us you know, assigning ourselves to this same sect and this group, but also by default, everyone else also is damned. And so I, I actually don't need to consider them as uh, as my Muslim brothers and sisters. Um, and you know, I may give lip service to them being Muslims, but really in reality, I, I look down upon them and I, I deem them as already being damned and being in the hellfire. And this is extremely problematic because. As our uh, scholars have taught us, Shaykh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah, in discussing this hadith, he said, This hadith is like all of the other ha- hadith that speak about um, the threat. The, the, threat the threat, exactly, the threat of, of, of punishment. If you do a certain thing, then you are, there is a threat of you being punished in the hereafter. Now, that doesn't mean that any person definitely who does that is going to be in the hellfire, but they are under the, the threat of being uh, in the hellfire in the hereafter. A bit yeah. like the uh, uh, hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he cursed the person who drank alcohol, the one who carried alcohol, for the one who carry alcohol was carried, the one who made alcohol, the one for whom alcohol was made, and all of those categories, he cursed all of them. Yet, when it came to uh, him punishing one of the Sahaba that was caught drinking on a number of occasions, he was caught drinking, so he was uh, he was being punished, and one of the companions he he decided to uh, verbalize a curse against him. Yet yeah, the Prophet are said, "Don't curse him because he is. He loves, uh, he loves Allah and His Messenger." In other words, there is a there may be a general ruling, but uh, to apply it, so in theory, yeah. Yeah, but
0: in practice, in a particular person, you know, there there are other factors involved.
1: Precisely. So if you if you want to apply something in particular, then you have to what the scholars say you have to make sure all of the conditions are fulfilled for that to be ruling to be applied to that individual and also all of the obstacles that may get in the way of you applying that ruling have to be removed.
0: So what, what is the message of this hadith then?
1: So this hadith, um, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, is first of all mentioning a statement of fact that there will be uh, groups uh, that will emerge.
0: The split into this many sects, the Jews split into this many sects, likewise my Ummah
1: oh, and, and it's and, uh, only natural yeah. for, for that to happen. People in their you know, various ways... He my Ummah. So yes, so, so they are all part of the Ummah of the Prophet sallallahu They're all considered to be Muslims um, And in many, so that this is a statement of fact Also not to despair So if something, is like many of the hadith about the, the, the last time that, You know, there'll be different fitan and trials that the Muslims will be going through This is not to, to despair But to uh, give some kind of guidance about what to do Or how to navigate through the, those problems and so the Prophet ﷺ very clearly, he said that, you know, uh, you know, those people, those individuals who still ascribe themselves to me and my Sahaba, then they're part of that group. And so that's a very general uh, and clear definition of, of what, what this group is, or this, if you like, if you want to use the term, saved sect is. So any group that claims to... Follow in the footsteps of the Prophet and take the guidance of the the Sahaba of the Prophet and you know every Sunni group claims to do this, and so by default all of those groups are part of that saved sect.
0: Someone might think its its size is you know one seventy-third. Yes, yeah. So this again
1: is another misconception that um, you know we think of this a saved sect as being smaller than uh the other 73 and, and maybe and in an number exclusive club. yes it's a small very small exclusive club mm-hmm. and you know there's uh you know and some people even self self delineate themselves as being the gatekeepers of this club and so they will, they are the ones that will decide who goes in and who goes out uh, and you know there's various ways in which you know that is uh you know passed down or those rulings or judgments are passed down but actually in essence uh, you know every any any individual who who loves the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and loves the Sahaba and wants to follow them in their footsteps then he is in part, In fact, the default case of every Muslim is that he is part of that saved sect. So only when someone, you know, through their verbalizing or through their actions decides to go against that, so actively goes against the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam both in theory and practice or um, has a problem with the Sahaba as a whole, then these are the people that have departed away from this, this saved sect and by, uh, uh, by other hadith as well, suggest that this saved sect actually is the majority. Mm. In the, hereafter the the Prophet describes them as being a sawad al-a'dam, the, 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 the great group. And so any idea or notion of you know, the, this being a very exclusive club is contrary to what the, the, the hadith is saying. Yeah. This is not, to, uh, not even to mention that um, there's a you know, big discussion amongst the, the scholars of hadith as to whether this hadith even actually is authentic or not. So it's not one of those hadith that is kind of very popular, found in, the, in all, all of the, the kind of popular books of hadith like Bukhari and Muslim. Uh, they're not in those uh, those books, and so it doesn't have that same so level of acceptance.
0: Perhaps it's been weaponized uh, by some people because naturally, you know, if somebody has their own clique, if somebody has their own sect or group, they can refer to a hadith like this for kind of self-justification and. You know, to 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 label themselves. I I once asked someone as a joke, you know, what what sect are you? And he said, uh, again as a joke, he said, you know, you know that saved one, yeah, that that I'm one of those. Yeah,
1: and 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 it can even have worse effects as well. So I remember uh, a very good friend of mine. Him, he was telling me um, that he was uh, he, he was advising a, a brother in his uh, in his community. Uh, very harsh, harshly for um, having committed a major sin, he had committed. He'd fallen into adultery, and so this uh, this brother, friend of mine, sheikh, he was uh, advising him. And as you'd you'd expect, because of the nature of his sin, the advice was quite was quite hard. And and this particular brother, after a while, he he got a little bit agitated and he said, he said, you know, why why are you having a go at me? I'm not one of the The bad ones. I'm part of the saved (laughs) sects, so you know I'm part of you know part of the same jamaah, We're not part of those innovated groups, so you know, uh, and so you know, give me give me a break. Give me give me a break. Um, And so so again, so this this group mentality that comes about really from uh, a misunderstanding or misrepresentation of this hadith. Uh, has this also negative effect. Not only does it have the, have the effect of looking down on your other Muslims and not really treating them as your, as your Muslims, uh, your brothers who you're concerned about and who you love, but also, you know, I'm also uh, almost immune from, you know, from sin. I, I'm, I, have a, I have a direct... you in your... In your own practice, and in your own worship, so I have a direct link to Jannah. I'm going straight to it because I just happen to be part of this clique and this group.
0: I think part of the issue is just um, the, the our own terminology. We translated and interpreted it as sect. Yes. And when we say sect, we think, okay, it's a I- clearly identifiable group. You know, there's a boundary. Maybe there's a maybe they share a dress code or mm. you know a particular identifiable practice. But the hadith isn't referring to that at all. It's it's, it's talking about just a group of people. Could it could it be that these people are scattered out in uh, across so many other different groups from our calculation and our kind of nomenclature and terminology and and, and groupings, but within we you know in in the sight of Allah they are part they are all part of that firkatun Najia, that saved saved group. I don't understand. So for, for from our perspective. Well we'll have, you know, sect A, B and C, right? And we identify them as separate sects. Mm. But the 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 boundary of al to Naja isn't clearly around the sects that we might identify. In fact the circle might transcend all of them. Some of them some people from each group will be part of the same sect, some people from each group will not.
1: And and yes, and broadly speaking you you, you don't, uh, there's no amalgamation of these people that we say, now These all these people collectively together, uh, they are, are part of the safe sect, and everyone outside of this, you know, this, this group is, is, is outside of the safe sect. Uh, no country or <laughs> geographical lo- location combines or connects all of these people, these individuals, as does you know, the normal groupings that we now are familiar with. Uh, they're not to be con- considered like the seventy-three sects. Yeah. So we might have different groups that do different, that have you know do different functions in Muslim societies, and they do you know they, they may give dawah in different ways. They may ha- you know, they, they may use the, a name as a vehicle for giving dawah in a particular time. We should not think of, of that group as being synonymous to one of those the seventy-three yeah. sects or, or school of thought for that matter as well. Um, and uh, and so you know you may have people you know from all of these groups Yeah, that may be part of the the same sect.
0: I think something that's very intimately related to this is the whole notion of Ahlul Bidah. Yes, Right. and there's so many harsh statements narrated from the early Muslims about this, you know, um, don't give your daughter to marry them, don't eat with them, don't you know? speak with them, don't sit with them. Yes. And my personal favourite, if you see one standing next to a well, throw him in. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, I mean, so people see this, these statements, you know, against Ahlul Bidah, this phrase called Ahlul Bidah, which is kind of like, uh, maybe a mirror image of Al-Firqatul Najib from one respect. Yes. Um, and they think, okay, this is these are you know people I'm not supposed to sit with and you know, be nice to, um, And then they go and apply this to you know maybe somebody wiping their face after dua.
1: yeah: In, in many ways, this compounds the problem. So you have, first of all, you have already uh, an incorrect understanding of what the this uh, hadith of seventy three sex means and refers to. And then you compound the problem by not understanding what bidah and the hadith about bidah refer to as well. Mm. And so you, um, because of a warped understanding or very simplistic understanding of bidah, you, you kind of uh, assume that anyone that has uh, or follows a particular uh, habitual practice that may differ from you or may under your uh, you know very rudimentary simplistic understanding of bidah. Be classified as an innovation um, then you kind of delineate them as being part of one of those, one of those 73 or 72 groups. Um, and so really we have to th- understand first of all what do those statements of the, the Ulama of the past, the Salaf, what are, the, what are they referring to? What are they talking about? Mm. Uh, and secondly how do we even understand from a holistic perspective what Ahlul Bid'a, and what are you know innovations? So, you know, innovations, uh, fundamentally, they, ch- they change the way Islam is supposed to be. Yeah, whether that be, in most cases, in terms of your theology, in the way you, th- you think about Allah, about the Prophets, about the Qur'an, or in, uh, in the way you practice your, your, your faith. And so, you know, if we look at the, the early generation of Muslims and how they uh, kind of would, would classify uh, innovations and uh, innovators, then they're talking about really quite major, uh, you know, major mistakes that people uh, fell into uh, and uh, would do that change the way Islam is seen. Yeah? Uh, not small, small kind of, if you like, worship, people that might do, they, they might use certain methods of worship that, you know, may be based on an inauthentic or weak hadith. Really, they were referring to seismic changes in the way Islam is viewed. Yeah? So things like, for example, how do we view uh, the nature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of his names and his attributes? Does he have different names? So you had the Jahmiya that, that denied that Allah had any names. You can't say Allah is Ar-Rahman or these words don't mean anything. Or uh, the idea of anyone that, fundamentally anyone that commits a major sin, uh, then his blood, he becomes a non-Muslim and his blood becomes halal. And so you had a group of people that would end up causing a huge amount of, of harm and bloodshed because they, according to their interpretation, someone who committed a major sin uh, uh, becomes a kafir and if they, if they, according to their estimation, if a person does a particular action and it's a major sin then their blood becomes halal because they're not Muslim anymore, so you had people even killing sahaba uh, because of their particular so stances. So these, so these are some major schisms. They're not, they're not small kind of worship or things that a person might do in, in the masjid in the corner, you know, in, or maybe you know, use a particular rosary bead in the masjid. They take that as an example. Uh, and so when the, the scholars of the past, when they were you know, referring to or, or censoring these the innovations, they, they were talking about these types of innovations that fundamentally changed the way Islam is supposed to be viewed and practiced. Uh, and not, um, if you like, the, how it's applied now on, on small, if you like, uh, ritualistic actions that may have crept into the habits of Muslims. Uh, as, uh, as wrong as they are, they don't qualify as being Ahlul Bidah, that you know, uh, are, are people are of, of, of following their, their desires and they're, following, they're going against the, the following of the truth. No, these are people that uh, oftentimes have, uh, have a deep love for the Prophet a love for the Sunnah, and they may have fallen into mistakes according to us. It could be that they have a valid ishtihad for for their actions. Um, we also see another phrase
0: throughout history, um, referring to when when talking about these types of things about you know the, the the correct or maybe incorrect opinions and so forth. We have this phrase of ahl al qibla. What's, uh, can you explain that? What was that used to describe?
1: So ahl qibla, you know, it's a uh, um, uh, it's a broad way of um, assigning or, or considering who are my people, who are the people that I should, so, should show allegiance to, have a, a sense of wala for. Uh, and so anyone that worships <laughs> the same God that I worship, the same Allah, faces the Qibla, eats my meat. So whoever eats the meat, you know the halal meat that we eat, faces a Qibla is... Is is our bodies, our Muslims? These are people okay, that we are connected. With. <laughs> connected with these are people that we are connected with, yeah. and, and and in many ways this is uh, describing the um, the feeling of ummah that everyone should have. That these are all, you know, we may be separated by you know by thousands of miles, but if they're facing the same qibla, they're worshiping the same Allah, they're eating the same food, then they are part of my ummah. They're my brothers and sisters, and I should be concerned Why about use them.
0: This phrase and not just Muslim ummah. What, what does Ahl Qibla give you that you know, other words don't give you, that we're already in circulation?
1: Uh, it may be that the, these words that Allah knows best uh, it, it denotes the feeling of uh, that we share particular actions, not just the name, but we are sharing a particular action and belief, that we believe in the same Allah, hence we're worshipping and praying towards that same, in that same direction. This unifies us. Yeah? So this should be a, a, a point of unification mm-hmm. that we are all facing the same qibla, we all eat the same you know, meat, the halal meat. And so these are the bonds that, that connect us. And so we should concentrate more on the bonds that connect us than the things that may, you know, may, may separate us in terms of maybe language, culture and other, other things that are of, of lesser importance.
0: So does this include then um, Ahlul in a,
1: in a In the broader sense, yes. So um, uh, the Ahl al-Bida, who, in, in broad terms, they are they're still, they're still Muslims. They're still part of the Ummah, as the Prophet described. They're still our our brothers that we uh, Muslims that we uh, we love. Uh, but of course, they uh, have now a greater right over us in terms of now there is a, the importance of of, uh, um, of advising, of ordering the good and forbidding the evil. Uh, then as Muslims, they, they still have that right over us that we should continue to advise in the best possible way. If if we, if people, if the difference has reached to that level that we may classify it as being an innovation, mm-hmm. then it's not something that we can just cut off like a cancer, we just cut it out. They're not part of us anymore, we don't need to think about them. No, they're still part of this body, but we need to advise and encourage them. You know this is lovely the way that Ali B. ta'ala anhu he described people that had taken arms against him and, and some of them even had declared him to be a non-Muslim. And so, Khawarij. the Khawarij. And, and so he was um, a, a very, uh, you know, it was a very dangerous group and they you know, committed a lot of bloodshed and caused a lot of strife amongst Muslims. But uh, when describing them, he said, uh, they are our brothers, mm. they are our brothers, but they have oppressed us. They've, you know, they've wronged us. Um, and so you, you you call a spade a spade, and you don't go any further. Um, uh, and so yeah, that's that should be our, our so approach. I
0: mean, for some people, it might be a very um, new or shocking way of looking at something. To say that people you would consider fair enough—they're <coughs> Muslims, but they're bad Muslims. They're unluqbidar. They're this. They're that heretics. Mm.
1: That you should love them. And in many ways, this is actually part of our aqidah, it's part of our belief that uh, every, every Muslim deserves uh, a sense of wala, a sense of love, in accordance with his uh, attachment and closeness to the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam closeness uh, to uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, his, uh, and how uh, good and pious the individual is. And at the same time, uh, it's not an all-or-nothing so the a, a person might have elements of deviation and sin, which will require us to, to not have that l- same level of love that we might have, for example, for someone who is very close to the son of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But they still require uh, we still require to have a uh, a love for them because they're Muslims. Mm. Yeah, and so um, this this notion no, notion is of, of kind of not sometimes people skip so.
0: to the hatred for the sake of Allah, <laughs> and then they skip the love part, and then.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think in many ways, you know, we, we, we sometimes are affected by Western thought mm. in, in, in the way we think, in that things have to be black and white. Yeah,
0: yeah. you either love someone, you or, either love or,
1: someone you know. or you hate them. Uh, even the word hate is, 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 is a problematic word because in the English language, the word hate, you know, suggests that uh, everything that I'm going to do, to, if I hate someone, I will try my utmost to cause them the maximum amount of harm that I can possibly do. That's not actually what the word in the Arabic language suggests. Uh, in fact, you know, if you. Which
0: word are you referring to?
1: So, al, when we talk about al-bara'a, okay. to disassociate yourself, or when you. Uh, bughd, yeah, that you. Uh, so, so. I mean, a nice way of thinking about that is that did the Prophet sallam, have no. al-bara'a for Abu Talib? Mm. Did he have Bughd for Abu Talib? Can you, for example, have. Uh, for your wife, who might be a Christian. Yeah. So the point is that you may hate the kufr, you may hate the shirk, the belief, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to try and cause them harm. Yeah. Quite the opposite. The whole point of, of giving da'wah is because you have that, that that concern for them, that you have the concern for their well-being in, in the hereafter, as the Prophet did for Abu Talib and in fact, for uh, for the whole of the Quraysh. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that that, you know that, that that term, you know, you have to hate and, you know, you have to do certain things, it can sometimes be misconstrued, misunderstood, and we see in, you know, in terms of uh, how people behave, that they, they, in a way that isn't consistent with, with the fact how the Prophet Sassim behaved and how he treated uh, both Muslims and non-Muslims.
0: I mean, if you, you mentioned Ali um, even with his treatment of the khawarij even when they did become a major problem, major issue it's not like he just kind of you used the phrase cut them off he didn't cut them off he didn't kind of expel them from the boundaries of the ummah he just said okay you, you guys very weird you know you, you're, you're very upset with you but you just stay over there right you won't harm us we won't harm you yeah and it was only when they breached that you know uh, covenant that there was there was actual war.
1: Correct, and also the, the, uh, and during that time, uh, Ali taala also would send people to advise and to you know encourage them. Pres-
0: presumably, enjoy the protection of you know the the general Muslim ummah.
1: Correct. Yeah, and so it was, you know uh, they they were never, in fact, in 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 the history of of. Uh, the Muslim rule, rulership, when it was a body before it was dismantled, um, you know, there existed all of these different groups, but they were never excommunicated from the main body of the They weren't said like you need to go away now and get out and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Even the heretical groups, though, in the major groups, they were never you know excommunicated from the main body of the Muslims. They were you know they were allowed to to exist uh, correctly. They were they, they were um, uh, they were advised. They were encouraged to, you know, to um, to leave or, you know, the the, the misguided beliefs that they were yeah. following and adopted. But there was never this idea of kind of, uh, you know, cutting them off or getting rid of them. Um, and so they have the same rights as all other Muslims have. And if they broke those rights as those Qawwais did, when when they um, attacked Muslims, then it was only then that Ali radiAllahu mm-hmm. put a stop to uh, to their uh, disobedience, their rebellion. Okay, so. Um, uh, something
0: which is intimately connected to this, this this notion of saved sect, al um, is the 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 notion of ahlus sunnah wal Jama'a. Do you think perhaps this word, in, in in maybe contemporary usage, does more harm than good?
1: I think it's often misunderstood. Um, you know this term was uh, you know has been used or coined uh, very early on by Muslims mm-hmm. and uh, it was there's a so you know of course Allah the Prophet and they didn't use these terms uh, the Prophet didn't use this term the Muslim was enough but uh, when different groups emerged then uh, there was a, a need to to affirm and describe what is, the, you know, what is the correct position, how do we understand uh, the correct way forward, how do we you know, identify with, uh, with the correct position. And so it, it was for very good reasons that the two terms were used, so Ahl Sunnah and Jama'ah were used. Because there, there, there has to be unity, there has to be unity of, uh, amongst the Muslims, but it has to be based on something. And so the, the, the term uh, is used to, de- to describe Muslims that have united upon following the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, yes, as opposed to following any other kind of Sunnah or any other group or sect. Uh, and so actually it's very broad and encompassing of, uh, you know, of uh, many what we might call nowadays uh, groups or, or even sects. That mm-hmm. if they broadly speaking they, they um, accept and love the Prophet and they should be united upon that, then they pop Sunnah Even though they might be, you know, might have different um, beliefs. Even though they may have different beliefs. Um, so long as they themselves identify themselves as following the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, and uh, they wrong, attach themselves.
0: They're, they're, there's been, you know, um, uh, great levels of disunity and, and uh, kind of uh, mudslinging between, for example, uh, the, the Hanabila and the Asha'irah, for yes. example. You know, each excommunicating the other, or saying that they are Ahlul bid'ah, and so forth. Would you say that, you know, in a broad sense, they're all Ahlul Sunnah?
1: So there's there's a different ways of, of, of uh, looking at what the, that term means. Mm. So there's, there's a broader sense, of kind of a, which, is, which is how they would use ahl Sunnah as opposed to, for example, the Shia, the people who, who don't follow the Sunnah of the Prophet in this broad sense. So many of the early writings, uh, that's how this term was used to, to kind of distinguish between the people that, that you know, don't follow the Sunnah of the Prophet And according to that broad definition, then you know, many of the, the groups that you've mentioned would, would assign themselves as being part of that group. Yeah, they will say, yeah, we don't, we don't follow the Shia. We, we we follow the venerate the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We love the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We follow his Sunnah. We follow, the, you know, the example of his companions. So that, that so that and we are, we united upon that. So that's part um, and and just because there may have been certain differences in certain aspects of Aqeedah, we have to remember that these are not. We don't. They don't fundamentally differ as to you know making ta'adim of Allah subhanahu wa taala, or loving the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or many of the kind of major areas of yes, they have there are differences, but these differences are. Uh, we shouldn't conflate those differences, despite what ha- may have happened historically between the, the various madahib, and even in matters of fiqh, there were you know big differences and and you know there's a series of you know argumentation. But but never they never described themselves or, or, or would describe the other group as being outside of of this uh, this group of uh, you know general broadly spe- broadly speaking Ahlul sunnah wal jamaah especially uh,
0: uh, it, it seems since since um, um, each group, in this case, they they might have differed on, for example, interpretation of Allah's names and attributes, but they both camps came from a perspective of ta'lim al rab Yes. They wanted to make ta'lim of Allah, of, of Allah, of glorifying Allah and, and declaring Him holy, but they maybe differed in how they went about doing that. So they they actually united in the the aim. Yes of glorifying of, of
1: Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Yeah, and, and in many ways, uh, you know, um, being free from mistakes is something that uh, no one can really claim. Uh, and so, yeah, so for sure, some of these, um, the kind of these, these movements, these waves of movements were very pervasive in the Muslim Ummah. And so, you know, when, when kind of uh, Greek books of, you know, Greek logic were translated into Arabic and then they were applied, and then there was a kind of a, a counter, uh, you know, um, rebuttal, you know, from Muslim scholars, and sometimes they used those same tools, and and so you know, in in those protracted, very theological discussions, there may have been mistakes, that uh, you know, even you know, I'm I'm not aware of that because it's, you know it's it's not something very detailed, but they they are people that may have made mistakes, and, and and hence you know, on 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 that level, yes, you might say that they had 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 mistakes, but not those mistakes. Uh, still, do not take away the fact that that those individuals are still Muslims. In fact, some, you know, very uh, renowned and um, celebrated scholars, uh, you know, may have fallen into mistakes like that. And maybe that's just, uh, uh, just for us to know that no one is really masoom no one is is, is is infallible. Everyone has mistakes, and you know, in, in many ways, we uh, the test is still for us to to try and the mistake
0: find doesn't kind of expel you automatically? no
1: not at all <laughs> not at all in fact uh, you know very famously shaykh al-islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah when he you know in some of his writings when he was he t- talks about his his discussion and dialogue with uh, with some of his uh, contemporaries and he would say look you know if um, if i were to say the things that you're saying then i would be a disbeliever mm. but i don't hold you to be disbelievers because there is a, a shuba. There is a, a kind of a, a misconception that you have in that you, you, you that stops you from being able to understand uh, you know, the true ramifications of what you're saying, and f- that's enough to be an excuse. <laughs> that's you know your excuse because uh, so, yeah exactly so you know because you know all this you know in many ways you want, they wanted to f- free Allah of any faults and mistakes and so they would describe it in a particular way you know that's what stops you from really you know uh, understanding the true nature of this particular area of, of Allah's names and, 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 and attributes um and so that shubha sometimes is very big you know um you know it's not just a question of establishing the truth and then you know it should be clear for the person when uh, imam ahmad was was in prison and the whole imtihan you know his uh, we went, went through um, you know, he was present in front of uh, ma'mun the king, and he would discuss with uh, you know these issues. But he Ma'moon happened to believe uh, uh, contrary to what Imam Ahmad was, was saying, and you know, Imam Ahmad, you know, he uh, explained and he you know produced evidence, and, you know, in many ways we might, we might say in our language, he established the proof on ma'mun Yet, never did uh, Imam Ahmad declare ma'mun to be a disbeliever uh, specifically. Although he said, you know, holding this belief about the Quran is disbelief, but mm. he never declared ma'moon because, you know, again, the, the shubha can be so great, the you know, the the this um, misconception can be so great that it's, it's difficult for it to be removed from someone. Um, and so, and, and so that's what we hold. We hold these people are excused. They have mm. an excuse inshallah that prevents us from making that ruling. And their affairs with Allah. We hope for them that they have more good deeds than their bad deeds, and that overwrites overwrites those those sins. And their Overlooked by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, as we would ex- hope for our own selves and our own sins and mistakes, we would hope that you know our good deeds would be much greater than our. And we all have sins and we all have mistakes, so they would 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 over you know counterbalance those sins, and we would be excused and overlooked by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. I mean, I mean,
0: uh, I mean, one one of the one of the reasons which makes this a very difficult um, thing for people to perhaps get out of their bubbles is that throughout the you know, when somebody becomes practising, starts to learn a bit more about their deen, they invariably fall into maybe some kind of um um group or way of thinking or school of thought. And the the kind of unique characteristics of that school of thought kinda gets mixed up into the, the usul of the whole deen for them. Right? So the you know, the um for example, they're, for them, the you know the the core essence of their identity is I believe in one God, I I, I follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and you know the beard should be this thick for me, yeah. Right. So they they kind of all of these things are mixed up for them. Or or tawhid for us means, you know, tawhid of affirming Allah's names and attributes as they are without you know. Um, without interpreting them and, and reinterpreting them uh, yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Whereas the problem there is that last part isn't as strong as that first part, Tawheed in Allah, full stop, versus Tawheed in, you know, um, or this particular understanding of this name or this attribute. Yes. And the problem is when somebody then come, uh, uh, comes and shakes somebody's foundation in that. that Subsidiary issue. For them, the whole building shakes. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: and and you see, all of these are you know the, the, this are symptoms of us living uh, in an age where we're still we're still trying to work our way, understand, navigate this kind of post colonial era that we're living in. Uh, and, and where Muslims have, don't really have a, a, a strong political leadership, they certainly don't have a strong religious leadership. And so that presents um, problems in terms of where do you go for your guidance and you end up getting you know, individuals that self-professed claimed uh, scholars and end up um, maybe misrepresenting through, by looking through their own lens uh, at uh, historical uh, issues. Uh, giving them more importance, perhaps, than uh, they should have been. Um, and, and I believe that the, the, the way to look at all, all of these problems is to, in particular, you know, see, see the Qur'an came to do that. The Qur'an came to, to fundamentally change a people's aqeedah, <laughs> you know, from that of shirk uh, to that of tawheed. And so, if we want to to do that to a people, to ourselves even, to kind of purify and change, then we need to really go back through uh, the way in which the Qur'an did that. And those are the usul of, uh, of, our, of our belief. Um, so, you know, the, you think, talking about the, the belief in Allah's oneness, and worshipping Him in His oneness, uh, and getting closer to Allah by knowing Him better, by knowing Him through His names, uh, by loving Him and calling upon Him through His names. Um, this is the way the Quran invites us to 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 uh, think about and to worship Allah subhanahu wa taala. N- far removed from those very detailed subsidiary polemic issues that may have occurred at some time in history, and and because of the 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 the, 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 the deviation of those incidents and those um, those beliefs, scholars wrote rebuttals, rightly so, because the truth. Always needs to be explained, but we don't need to to relive those historical polemic, polemic problems mm-hmm. and to kind of almost set it out as you know uh, as a as a, a, a test of your you know your how, how, how you are in terms of your following of of the prophets, or the sunnah or part of my group by do you believe with point A, B, C? And you know that wasn't you know that was never the purpose, and so it's not a listing. It's it's really supposed to be uh, a way of. Uh, Accepting the ta'deem of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then worshipping him in that way. And so the, the, the way is through the Quran and, and, and the way the, the Prophet just, you know, showed uh, that we should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this will unify because no one will disagree with, uh, with this approach of the Quran, approach of the Prophet And you see, that's a tried and tested way because he changed people's beliefs. You know, one, one uh, really amazing uh, fact is that when, whenever the, the the deviations occurred during the times of the Prophet's companions, there was no companion that ever fell into those major areas of misguidance. They were never, you know, they never fell into khuruj, They never didn't fall into the, the khawarij did and those ideas. And even mm. um, after them, people that started having problems with the qadr of Allah Subhana, They didn't fall into those mistakes, mm. you know, because they had such a strong. It, it was only new Muslims that had, you know, you know, just. Come, come into Islam, um, and weren't that well grounded, um, that ended up falling into these errors and mistakes. And so, you know, because they had that great teaching, you know, they went through the teaching of the Prophet through the Quran. They were able to to understand those issues. And so, you know, maybe we should also uh, go back to uh, the Quranic way of describing Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The Quranic way of of believing in the Akhirah, the Quranic way of you know, uh, believing all the, the different articles of faith that we, we hold on to um, They should not be deemed as just points a tick box exercise I believe in that, I believe in that. No, these are supposed to have ramifications in our life. It's supposed to affect our Iman It's supposed to, it's supposed to have uh, a- effect on the way in which we behave and act you know, you know, your Akhidah is how you do and you act. It's not something that's detached from, you know, from your from your behavior and from your your actions and so that's you know that, that that's uh, how we should go back and approach this uh, important topic
0: mm. and, and there are some books that are like you know from you know, just just highlighting those um, those uh, ayat of the Quran that, that deal with specifically these types of issues
1: you see I mean uh, yeah but the, you also have the Quran <laughs> so you know Start with Iqra, uh, you know, uh, uh, and then Mudathir and Muzammil and you go and you read through all of the kind of those, the, the Makki surahs and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He systematically, yeah, He systematically rebuttals all the kind of different, the, 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 the beliefs that are wrong. Uh, and so those are the things that, uh, you know, we should, we should be concentrating on and they're, and they're not difficult. Of course, if you want to, you know, go into more detail, you want a more uh, scholastic, you know, uh, understanding of these, these final elements, then, then there are different books that you may refer to. You know, I remember even when we were studying uh, kind of uh, very detailed areas of, uh, of, uh, of aqeedah, our teachers would say to us, you know, when you go back to your countries, don't teach this to the people. <laughs> this is not meant for, you know, the, the, you, know you just teach the, the Qur'an and the Sunnah and those, those pure revelations. These are just so that you're able to understand historically what happened and how people went astray, and so you have the tools to be able to, uh, to navigate your way around that. But it's not supposed to be taught to the people like that, um, you know, you teach I think
0: as a notion and, and as a science is a very uh, important discussion for us to have. Um, but it's a different discussion. I hope to uh, pick your brain on that one day in the future, insha'Allah. But as for today's discussion, Zakatul um, Khayran was a very, very interesting um, discussion indeed. Zakatul <laughs> An interesting discussion indeed. That was Sheikh Fraz Farhat. I've been your host, Salman Butt. I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. And as always, thanks for watching, reflecting, and sharing. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.